Welcome to Next Steps, the midweek podcast from Blackhawk Church. I'm Chris, and with me are pastors Daniel and uh, Adam is here as well with us. So it's uh, good to have the podcast back. Uh, it's been a few months. Tiffany was hoping to be here as well. We were going to have the band all back together, but she had something come up last minute. So we'll look forward to her joining us next week. Uh, Daniel, Adam, how are you guys doing this morning? Doing good. Yeah, I'm on my like third or fourth cup of coffee, so we're moving. <laughs> ah, I'm on my uh, third uh, drink of tea here, so I'm doing pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Your cup of tea, for those that obviously can't see this, is much larger than Adam's cup of coffee. <laughs> it's more so. like four quarts of tea. That's yeah. true. I hope yeah. I don't have to go to the bathroom. Yeah. Well, yeah, we're gonna have to, yeah, you guys are drinking lots of fluids. Gonna <laughs> to go it's going to be this. a good show. It's going to yeah. be a short podcast. All right. <laughs> Um, well, hey, kind of along those lines, we uh, we actually got breakfast just before this, and we're just kind of hanging out, and we were talking, uh, just giving some kind of life updates and that kind of thing. But one of the things we thought would be fun to start with is just to kind of hear some things that we've been enjoying lately, or or restaurants, or just different things that we've kind of been digging. So, um, so yeah, you guys, what's what's something that uh, that you just like? This is your opportunity to tell maybe hundreds or thousands of people about something. And you've been enjoying and we don't little, we don't get royalties for any yeah of this. we, we, just need we to don't this yeah. is off the cuff so uh yeah what's something uh what's something you guys have been enjoying lately yeah i mean i uh there's a lot of things that we've been enjoying but one of the things for us over this past summer and into the fall like my family and i we love to have pizza movie night on saturdays is something we do with our kids and there's this place called marco's pizza and man, they had like one of the best deals ever. It was like you could get a one-topping pizza for like six fifty or something. <laughs> it was, and like, it's so good. It's so good, and it was it was really good quality stuff. And so I don't know. I've just kind of been telling everybody about that place, and I think I think they, uh, you know, you told us about it yeah. randomly. We're at like a like a family event at church, yeah. and I was like, oh man, I got to figure out what we're gonna do for dinner. And you're like, you know what? You gotta get Marcos. You gotta get Marcos. You gotta get Marcos. That's my. That might not get Marcos. That's my Daniel Owen. <laughs> <laughs> it's just good stuff. So that's fun, man. I could be here too long. So I'll just leave it to one example. But like, there's just some really great fun things going on this season. Oh yeah, Dan, Daniel loves the uh, the deals. So this Marcos, yeah. he's like, if you want to get it, you got to go to the app. It's hard to find. He gave me all these instructions about how to find Marcos Pizza, and then you just told me it closed. I know, I know. Well, the one that's like closest to us, but they still got one in some prairie. And I'm not gonna lie, I'm probably gonna drive there. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! That's but was amazing. it good? Was I wrong? It was really good, and it was like I could feed the whole family on like a Saturday night or a Sunday night. For like 20 bucks, and everybody's happy. We do it for movie night, too. Yeah, it was yeah. our go-to. There you go. <sighs> I got to figure something else out now. Yeah, it can't so. be Marco's anymore. It can't be Marco's. What, what else you got? While you're thinking about it, mine, um, when we left Denver, we lived there for six years, and we left three years ago to come back to Madison, and really one of the biggest things we mourned was like restaurants that we mm. wouldn't be able to go to anymore. Mm-hmm. And five minutes down the road from us was a place called Raising Cane's. They literally have four things on the menu. It's like <laughs> three-piece chicken tenders, four-piece chicken tenders, six-piece chicken oh. tenders, and a chicken sandwich. That's it. But it was so good, and I was there all the time. So I really mourned the loss of that. But then, what was it? Like a few months ago, mm-hmm. one opened up on State Street, and it is mm-hmm. glorious. So if you have not been to Raising Cane's, I'm probably overselling it a little bit, but go check it out. No, so I need to say this. Both of the things you guys picked, you have, like, <laughs> let me to you. also. Chris is like, I need to take you to this place. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, so do they have, like, a bunch of sauces? He's like, no, just one sauce. <laughs> like, are there... 
like, can you get like boneless? He's like, nope. Just they just do one thing and they do it really well. And I was skeptical. And again, I've like since taken people to Raisin Cane's. I have introduced people to Margos. But Chris, you haven't let me down because uh, mm. Raisin Cane's is still there. Yeah, it's, it's, it's still it's still there. It's still there. So, so I would say um, I I would I probably have passed your your guys' things on to other people too. So your love has spilled into <laughs> my relationships and friendships and conversations too. Like I have taken multiple people to Raisin Cane's and to Marco's Pizza. But I would say, um, oh man, there is a show on Apple TV that I that is just so good. But I feel like on the radio, on the radio, not like we're on the radio, on a podcast, I'm not sure I could promote it. It's so good, but there are, it is slightly <laughs> profane. Um, but it is like, oh, I feel like I watch the show and I want to be a better leader. It's like, mm. there's like people making really good life decisions and it's getting better. And you're like so into these characters, but the language, it, it ain't so hot. So, um, so I can't tell you, but I'll tell you in person if you ask me. About so this is it past or approved? Is it's not past or approved. <laughs> but Do they play? It's past or passable. <laughs> Do they play football in this? They might show? play football. Okay. <laughs> yes. Mm. All right. Football is life. Football right. is life. Oh man, go. but we have like brought in all sorts of people into like <laughs> into wanting to watch the show with us. So yeah. Good stuff. Well, no one can guess what show we were talking about, <laughs> but we'll just leave it at that. Uh, well, today we, as you guys know, just started uh, kind of part two of this act series that we've been in. Um, we did Empowered for Mission was the first half over 10 weeks. And now we are into the ends of the earth, really talking about evangelism and what it could look like for us as a community and for um, the people of God to bring this good news of Jesus to those around us and to the ends of the earth. So uh, over the next few weeks, we're going to begin having conversations about some of that. Uh, we'll look forward to that in um, the next couple of weeks. We'll have have Matt on once or twice and be able to really dig into some things related to evangelism. Uh, but today, wanted to get uh, this crew together and just kind of have an introductory conversation about evangelism. What it what what comes to mind when we think about that word and and some of that kind of stuff. So uh, should be a good conversation. Um, so let's let's jump right into it, um, and that actually is it's my first question. What do you guys think of when you hear the word evangelism? What comes to mind? I think for me, what comes to mind, honestly, is a picture of me as a fourteen-year-old kid who was kind of challenged and charged to like go to my neighbor's doors and knock on them and be like, "Do you want to have a conversation about Jesus?" So what comes to mind is fear nervousness and like a 14 year old boy being like, am I really going to do this? Is this really going to happen? And yeah, you know, it happened and it was interesting and parts of it went well, parts of it didn't. So that was kind of like my start into what kind of formalized evangelism per se would, would kind of look like. But, uh, you know, obviously I've grown and, and, in my faith and understanding of that. So that's changed. But uh -huh. yeah, would you initially say like, uh, yeah, what is what first comes to mind? Yeah, that that little nervous, scary moment at 14 years old is probably what comes to mind. Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, yeah. For me, gosh, it's probably something kind of similar. Um, so I know some people have like these like super negative, like pictures of like the guy on the street corner yelling at people. Yeah. Um, 
Mine's weird. Mine's not totally that. It's a little bit more like it is sort of that nervous energy mm. that I'm afraid and excited kind of all at the same time mm-hmm. um, sort of thing. Uh, the heart pounding sort of like feelings. Uh, yeah, I kind of I think of usually what comes to mind for a long time. I was uh, I was part of a, a campus ministry that was really committed to trying to share our faith. And so um, just like engaging in conversations. So for me, honestly, evangelism sounds in some ways a little bit fun, a little mm-hmm. bit like doing something risky that on the other side of it, I'm always like, oh, that was so great. But on the front end, I'm like, I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. I don't, you know, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, whether that's informally or formally when it happens. Um, but that's probably what comes to mind is like, trying to figure out like, oh, how do we, how do we try to tell people about Jesus? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. There's like, it seems like there's always like a little risk involved. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, you yeah. never know what's like actually going to happen. Oh, I would say more than a little risk. Yeah. I don't know if you're me. I'm like, I'm always like, <laughs> and then really it's one of those things where it's like, oh, and then afterwards I'm always like, oh my gosh, that was amazing. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. So there's a little bit of a thrill, but also some terror involved. Yeah. So. Yeah. If I'm super honest, um, just the first thing that pops into my my head is almost like a f- <laughs> a feeling of guilt. Like evangelism mm. is this thing that I should be doing more of, but honestly, it kind of scares me. Um, and so I feel guilty that I'm like, uh, here's a pastor saying like, hey, evangelism is is hard for me and something that scares me. Um, I know that like, man, I love to tell people about. Jesus and uh, how he's changed and transformed my life. But there's just something about like, man, I'm not I'm not the most outgoing um, person. I'm not the person striking up a conversation with, with the waitress at, at the restaurant or, or that kind of thing. And so it's really something that's like outside of my comfort zone in a lot of ways or that I just, yeah, I feel like I should, I should be doing more of that because mm. man, Jesus means everything to me. And I want people to know about him, um, but it just scares me a little bit. So. Yeah. Hey, can I, I'm going to go off script just a little bit here, yeah, Chris. Yeah, please do. So I know we're talking about evangelism and I know we're going to get into some of that, but I just had the thought like, oh, there's probably people listening who maybe don't know what we're talking about when we say yeah. evangelism. So what do you, what do you, how would you guys define that? Yeah. I mean, I've always thought of like evangelism as just, you know, like sharing the message, you know, proclaiming who Christ is and like just basically telling people about who Jesus is, just telling them. Uh, yeah, it comes from the Greek word euangelion, which is the good news. Like um, sometimes uh, in Greek literature, it's like announcing the good news of like a king or an edict or something like that. And in our case, it's that we get to share the good news of of Jesus. And so, yeah, as we, as you can tell, like there's a lot of different ways that that can look like, mm-hmm. like how you proclaim that good news. But at its root, I think of evangel or evangelism is being able to, yeah, to share the good news that Jesus is king and that he's changing and transforming us and our world and, and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, so. that's good. Yeah. Evangelying-ing. it is it's like our first question honestly we we really didn't spend too much time thinking about that opening question but like i was like oh yeah you guys evangelized me for like raising canes and marco's pizza (laughs) it was good news to you and you were like oh adam you gotta do it so it's essentially telling people about a great deal yeah (laughs) well oh maybe yeah actually it's deeper than you think But even as we're an evangelical church, right? Uh, we spent a lot of the f- um, the fall talking about uh, in our 
Rooted series, uh, or previous to the fall, I guess this was the summer, where we talked about some of the core beliefs of uh, us as evangelicals, but this is really one of them. Like Evangelicals are known for our commitment to the good news and mm-hmm. um, and even to, to sharing it and, and that kind of thing. So it's really part of, um, of who we are as a church and as our denomination, too. So... Uh, that's great, you guys. That's super helpful. What? Um, so that's maybe kind of what it is, or how we would define it, or think about it, and some of the things that initially come to mind for us. What are, what are misconceptions that you think um, either you personally have had, or that you think we and our um, kind of current culture have about evangelism and and what it should look like? Anything that like, yeah, we, yeah. we just kind of we we think wrongly about when it comes to evangelism. Well, I think. I have a few. I'll just start with one. But like, I mean, just back to like even talking about, you know, Raising Cane's or uh, Marco's Pizza, like that there's like a the right way to do it. You mm-hmm. know, like, oh, you, you have to make sure and say the right things. You have to say this. You have to say repent. You have to say the <laughs> right words. You have to, right. you know, you have to have the right language. And like, I remember early on, I was like, oh my gosh, like there's so much pressure. Like, what if I leave something out? What if I don't say something right? What if I you know, if I don't use the right word. And then I was, you know, as I've kind of grown in my faith and walking with God, it's like, no, like he's big enough. He could take care of that. It's just like talking about something I enjoy, you know, like I don't have to have the right words. If I talk about, you know, Marco's pizza or whatever else, I just talk about, man, this is exciting to me. And this is something I love. And I, I think man, I think you could really like this too. Like this is really beneficial. But I think one of the biggest misconceptions, especially is like, oh, no, I have to say everything right, or if I leave something out, it's not going to work. Guys, we have a big enough God. Uh, he takes care of all that. Oh, yeah. yeah, for sure. And I think along with that, it's like, uh, I think there's this thought or fear that's in a lot of our minds, mm-hmm. like, oh, no one wants to talk about this stuff. But man, I, over the years, I've found everybody thinks about spiritual stuff at some point in their life. Mm-hmm. They're thinking, they're asking these deeper questions and I think the question is more like, oh, do they, are they going to feel safe enough to talk about it with you? Mm. But I think everybody thinks about it. And so, you know, I think even sometimes where we live, we think, oh, I, I, nobody, this, no, no one wants to dig into this stuff. But I just think, oh, I think that's a misconception. Um, I also think sometimes we think, oh, I got to have this deep relationship with somebody mm-hmm. to talk to somebody. Um I know sometimes people use terms like relational evangelism or initiative evangelism. And I, I get what, what's going on there. You know, it's like, oh, am I, am I talking to people I don't know, like the random guy in the street? Or is it more I just want to do it with my neighbors or family and friends? And I just think one misconception is that, like, <laughs> you can somehow do evangelism without taking initiative or without having relationship. Mm. You know, I'm like... it always is going to take initiative. Otherwise, you're never going to open your mouth. At some point, you have to be like, even if even if God throws you like a softball and someone is like, hey, Daniel, tell me about Jesus. You know, <laughs> like you, at some, you have to be like, you could change the subject and be like, ah, let's talk about that some other time. You know, like you have to at some point just sort of like pony up mm-hmm. and open mm-hmm. your mouth and that it takes relationship. Like you really can form relations. You can care about people even you've just met. You know, but deciding like, oh, I'm going to actually care and love love people, even if it's sort of a fresh relationship that's only like 10 mm-hmm. minutes old because you yeah. are sitting next to each other on a plane or something like that. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. 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 Some of the, I mean, in the opposite way, some of the misconceptions that I think about is that I, a lot of us probably picture like 
having to go up to a completely random stranger mm-hmm. and share something that's mm-hmm. completely out of the blue. <laughs> um, but I think, yeah, evangelism, like you just said, it regardless, it all, like it always happens in some context of relationship. But I think um, evangelism doesn't have to be that approaching a stranger. It can be a family member that you've known mm. for 30 years or a neighbor or these people that you have existing um, relationships with that it's just kind of the natural overflow of of being in their lives where you have opportunities mm-hmm. to share. You do have to take the initiative, but um, yeah, evangelism doesn't have to be to strangers. It can be to people that we have great existing relationships with and that kind of thing. Anything else that comes to mind? Yeah, I think one of the other things for me is like, I you know, I often felt like I didn't know enough. Mm. You yeah. know, like I didn't know enough to be able to talk about it. And I was like, that's just not true. Like I actually think you know, like, it's just about you. It's about your experience of, of knowing God and what God is doing in your life. And that's enough. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't need, you know, to whip out scriptures and have stuff memorized. No. And honestly, I think that's, you know, not always that helpful. People just genuinely want to know how you've been impacted by God. And that's more than enough. Yeah, uh, for yeah. you to share your story. It's not about what you know, it's about who you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, and uh, so that that's a big misconception, I think. Yeah, man. I think people sometimes think, oh, I got to, like, w- technically the three of us are professional Christians, right? You know, like, uh, but probably the, the person I know who's led the most people to faith, to like actually seeing Jesus is, uh, I, didn't, I didn't ask for permission to share the story, so I'll leave out names or whatever, but it's a woman who like, totally untrained, trained, came to faith later in life. So she didn't grow up like steeped in the Bible or any of that sort of stuff. And as a nurse, you know, and for years would <laughs> like worked at a blood bank where she would stick people and they're stuck in a chair and she just talked to them about their life or, and then became a hospice nurse. And, um, I mean, has led so many people to faith, mm. even on their deathbed and their families, because she just loved people and would ask, Hey, how can I pray for you? And they would start just to ask her questions and she would just talk about the Jesus that she had come to know and love, not in any sort of formula. And I would always be like, and she would be like, oh, and then we just prayed and they were, and I was like, you did what? I mean, just this amazing ministry from this woman who was just trying to be authentic about how she has come to love Jesus in the context of her work mm. and just freely shares that with other people. You know, mm. sometimes I almost yeah. like those folks. Yeah. It's more powerful oh, than yeah. when it's like the the professional Christians oh, you know, yeah. who are doing yeah. it. So. I also think about, um, I think this is one of the lesser explored aspects of evangelism in the American church these days. But again, we often think an individual talking to an individual. Um, but like I just said, there's so many of us that like, maybe that's just not, you know, that's not our strength or our personality to like strike up conversations with um, with one individual person or, or strangers or that kind of thing. But I think oftentimes we th- see throughout scripture really kind of like whole communities evangelizing people. We've seen that in Acts, like at the mm-hmm. beginning, right? Like in Acts um, chapters two and four, I, I believe, where um, they're doing life together, they're sharing meals, they're praying together, teaching the word. And as they do that, people are drawn to their community and people 
um, by the thousands are beginning to, to come into relationship with Jesus. And so there's also an aspect that um, the community around us can play where we each are like living into our strengths and our roles. Maybe mm. someone's really good at hospitality and someone's really good at communicating the gospel and someone else is really good at serving people and all of those different kinds of things. When we work together, there's also really powerful opportunities to um, to show the world and our neighborhoods and those people around us what um, what what the good news of Jesus is all about in a way that's perhaps a little bit different than just kind of communicating one on one with someone. Yeah, and I think I think that's helpful too because I would say something that kind of weighed on me growing up was like I always felt like oh no like it's up to me mm. like with yeah. this one other person and like if I don't do this right like this is not going to work, you know, or whatever. And I put all this pressure on myself of like, it's up to me. And I think that's a great perspective. No, it's not up to me. Like it's, you know, maybe, maybe I have a role to play. Like Mm -hmm. God is allowing me to have a role to play, but he's the one who loves them and is pursuing them. Mm -hmm. It's not on me or any one person. And it's, it's really God pursuing them. And we all have the chance to play in that role. So I don't, I don't have to leave guilty like, oh, I didn't do it right. Or I didn't, I didn't say the right thing or it's, I failed somewhere. It's like, you know, there is, I think a role for us to, to be intentional. Like you said, Adam, we got to step up to the plate. We got to be open to what God is doing. But it's he, it's he who's working in it, and he works through all sorts of ways. One of those ways might be you, it might be me, but it might be the community, it yeah. might be something else. Mm-hmm. And so that thing, for me, that was a big misconception that honestly kind of held me back a little bit because I would just get so much pressure or feel guilt or certain feelings of like, oh, I didn't do something right, or mm-hmm. what if I don't? And, and yeah. I've really been able, letting that go is just been more open to what God, oh, what's God doing here? Oh, this is great. This person asked this question. Oh, let's talk about that, you know? Yeah, yeah. and I don't say that as an out to like, okay, whew, I don't ever have to like ah. share my faith because I think like Matt talked about a couple of weeks ago with the story of Philip and the Ethiopian eunuch, like certainly there will be times where God puts um, situations in front of us that we should steward well and be faithful to show up and to communicate our faith and uh, to give an answer for the hope that we have. Uh, but at the same time, yeah, I don't want to neglect the power that our our Christian communities can have. Mm-hmm. Even like thinking about your life group, like mm-hmm. have you ever mm-hmm. held a, a barbecue and invited um, a couple of the friends in the neighborhood over or something like that? A, a lot of like the really powerful, life-changing um, kind of stories that I've seen and be a part of is people coming in that are kind of figuring out this Jesus stuff, but they come into this community of four or five friends who love Jesus and they're like, whoa, something's different about this and in that community they're kind of evangelized Mm. so to speak and then eventually there's an opportunity to share and communicate the gospel but Mm. um the power of community is is um something yeah just to to think about yeah that's good because i do think uh when we think historically uh as sort of the gospel or the message jesus has moved around the world like it doesn't just happen in one way over, you know, it's like, it really is like when the gospel moves into a new context, usually believers are like, hey, we just, we want people to know. So they're figuring out ways to sort of like make it happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's there's moments where it is the community, which I think historically people have said is sometimes the most effective, where people like watch a community. Jesus, you know, he's like, hey, they will like it's by your love that for each mm-hmm. other that they'll mm-hmm. know like I'm real, you know? And so 
when we do that well, I mean, even around Blackhawk, we're like, we want to build a community to reach a community. There's an aspect yeah, that when yep. people are in that kind of context, man, it's powerful. Mm-hmm. And then there's this sort of these natural relationships we have too, where um, it seems like uh, the gospel really gets out into a community when it's like we are just in our natural relationships, yep. authentically living it out. Man, I feel like over the years, one of the things that are short-circuited probably evangelism in my own life is like being overly like um, self-conscious and kind of editing Jesus out of my relationships because I don't want to offend or push people away. Yeah. But weirdly enough, I'm actually not being authentic with people in my life. They're not mm. really... Because like in our relationships with each other, we're going to talk about oh, things we're struggling with and trusting God with, mm-hmm. praying about. Mm-hmm. And sometimes with my neighbors, other people, I have been like, oh, that'll weird them out. So I'm not going to show that part of my life. Right. But really, man, that's just me not being authentic. Like, mm. But when I kind of quit editing that out and just being me in those natural relationships, it's pretty cool, the things that sometimes develop. Awesome. Well, let's um, let's wrap things up there. Thanks, uh, Adam and Daniel, so much for, for joining us for this conversation. Um, we're going to continue with part two next week. And so, yeah, check that out. These guys will, will be back and we'll, um, we'll continue our conversation and talk more about maybe some of the reasons we don't engage in evangelism. And they'll also tell us more about a course called Alpha and how that um, has been a game changer for our church. So we hope you'll join us again next week for part two of our conversation on evangelism. Have a great week.